what you can do is if you don't have, you know, an expert or a really great teacher or something, you can at least kind of do a bit of crowdsourcing and like use the numbers to your advantage. You're listening to Sound Sausage. I just wanted to add one thing. You know, we can really um, break down that fourth in. wall and Let's let people know put a pin what in goes that. into making radio. <laughs> I'm so not used to doing this live. Is there anything you want us to listen for specifically? Lightning strikes. Lightning strikes. <laughs> Inspiration. Oh, it's lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Sausage is getting made right now. <laughs> So hey everybody, this is Sound Sausage. I'm Kelly Jones here with Sean Rasmussen, and our guest is Andrew Norton. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Kelly. So Andrew, do you want to just um, let us know a little bit about who you are, your radio background, um, how long you've been in the business? Yeah, my name is uh, Andrew Norton. I'm a uh, I call myself a multimedia producer. I live here in uh, lovely Toronto, Canada. Well, two years ago, I, I, I went to the, this place called the Transom Story Workshop in Cape Cod. Um, before that, I was primarily a photographer, um, and I was just getting into video. And when I went to the Transom Workshop, which teaches you radio, I um, learned how to do radio work and applied some of those audio skills to and some of those storytelling skills to some of my, uh, my video work as well. So now I work, um, I freelance in radio. And I also do some uh, some video and photo work as well. And um, I'm the multimedia producer here at uh, Greenpeace Canada as well. So I head up all things photo, video, and uh, I also help produce a podcast every month for them too. You're, you've brought a piece to us today called Buck Naked. And uh, can you introduce the piece for us? Yes. Um, so... <laughs> Buck naked. This is this is a story that I made at as part of the Transom Story Workshop, um, and uh, so that's a two month um, kind of ra- we call it radio camp. So you you live out on Cape Cod, and for two months you just kind of sleep, eat, and breathe um, radio. And so and as part of that you have to make two pieces. Um, so this is the first one that I made. So this is called this is for their Creative Life series. So WCAI, the radio station down there. Um, does this thing called the Creative Life Series, and you have to kind of make an installment for it. So a four-minute and 30-second little story that could fit their Creative Life Series. And then the second piece you make is kind of more free-form, and you can kind of do what you want with it. But this was the, this was the first one that I made, and truth be told, really the first piece of radio that I made. I mean, I did some, you know, small recordings and stuff before that, but this is the first honest-to-goodness um, piece of radio that I made. Get and out. It's, it's profiling. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> I'm a little scared to uh, to hear it again. I mean, granted, you know, th- we had a lot of help, and Jay Allison is kind of your editor, and, and everyone there reads your scripts and all that kind of stuff, and I don't think they let you go with, with a bad piece kind of thing. So it's, it's workshopped pretty heavily. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, this is a, the first piece of, of radio I made, and it's profiling a, uh, a naked model. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, let's let's listen to it here. Um, oh, and we should warn uh, listeners that there is uh, audio of a naked man in this story. So, <laughs> for more sensitive, I don't know, hide the kids. <laughs> Buck Dietz likes to find his poses from silent films. So that means when he's watching Charlie Chaplin and he sees something he likes, he'll pause it, get in that position, and then quickly sketch it down. Posing is more than just standing still for him. I'd like to think when I pose... I'm acting. It's not as simple as just standing there. If there's a story behind it, I think it can motivate people and inspire them. He flips through a stack of old papers packed with his sketches. 
rough drawings of bodies in different positions. Buck is a figure model. He poses naked for artists. And these uh, and are I like his set lists. Names, like this one is called 76 Trombones, Neptune, Saint Sebastian. I got some religious stuff there, obviously. Those names he gives his poses, um, they're more than names. They're cues. My Elvis pose. They get him into character. And Buck might need to bust out dozens of them for a single modeling session. Some artists can even demand up to 50. Do you have like a, a greatest hit? Yeah, there's one that I have. I always leave it for the 10th pose, the final pose. And I actually call it Showstopper because um, I'm standing on my head. Today, Buck is posing for a class in Barnstable, right side up. Well, we're in the restroom at Cape Cod Art Association, and they're really nice bathrooms here. They're very clean. Removing my underwear, which is important. Buck puts on a robe and sandals and heads to class. For this session, he has to hold completely still for three hours, only breaking every 20 minutes. But he'll stare at the same spot on the floor without talking, without shifting, without doing anything. Just one pose. Stand perfectly still for 20 minutes and then get back in touch with me. And let me know how that felt. Let me know if you could even accomplish that. Most people can't. It requires an enormous amount of concentration and double that. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fine. In the studio, a handful of artists set up their easels. Buck takes a seat at the table and you quickly forget that he's naked. Legs spread, hands on either side of him, head turned and completely still. So still that Buck says it doesn't take long for the pain to set in. And he has a few ways of dealing with the cramps and the aches. His main method, the one he swears by, show tunes. I will start with the letter A. I'll pick any show that begins with A. Let's say Annie. I will take one song from that show, Annie, tomorrow, let's say. And I will, in my mind, go through that whole song. You're always a day. Then I'll move on to B. Uh, bells are ringing. Then I'll get to C. Carousel. Oh, great. Okay, I know by the time I finish this song, my 20 minutes will be up. I know it sounds very bizarre, but it does work for me. This mental trick helps pass the time while he models and puts him in a sort of meditation. My idea of heaven is to be totally nude while singing songs from the great American songbook. Buck's trained as a performer, but to keep still, he's had to hone his technique over the past five years. And before moving to the Cape, he wasn't always so willing to put himself out there like he does now. I always hated that moment after, you know, P.E., you'd have to take a shower. I never wanted to take my clothes off from when I was a kid. And as I got older, I guess, I certainly have changed my tune. Now you can't keep the clothes on me. The long class is wrapping up and only a few artists are left to finish their drawings. Buck is quiet and still holding his pose until the last few minutes. But in his head, he's halfway through the Great American Songbook. This is how the time goes. The session ends and Buck comes back to life. Thank you. Every easel has a different take on his pose. When you're looking at the drawings and when you're kind of seeing people's work, do, do people ever see things in you that you don't see? Yeah, I, I think... A certain stillness 
because I think I'm high energy, but um, there's something really beautiful about being still, which I don't think I ever appreciated until I started figure modeling. For WCAI's Creative Life, I'm Andrew Norton. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel initially hearing that uh, for the first time in a while? Uh, It was cool. I mean, I think my, uh, and I think this is, and I kind of predicted hearing this that, um, and and I kind of was annoyed at the time where just just my narration, and and I think that's that's one of the hardest things is to kind of find your voice and sound really natural. And, and I think I'm still trying to do that in like that first kick of the can. I mean, they have people who kind of help you with the voicing and stuff. So it sounds, it sounds okay, but I just sound so like, I don't know, I sound kind of flat or whatever. But, you know, I, I think it's, I don't know. I think with that piece, Buck carries it so much. It's like, oh, whatever. He's, he's such a, a character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I got in, like with that story, I got an embarrassment of riches um, <laughs> by, by finding Buck for sure. Uh-huh. So. And I like the way you use this, the sound, the natural sound from the environment too, to layer it in. Um, sound of the sketching and the sound of the, the class, classroom noises. Well, well, the funny thing about this too is that, um, so, so you kind of um, brainstorm a bunch of ideas of, of stuff that you want to do and you kind of come to the class and, and you say, okay, here are my ideas for our creative life piece. And then, you know, you bounce it around and people give some feedback. and. I, you know, this just started really as a, as, as a no to my sketchbook that just said naked, naked model, just because I thought that would be uh, entertaining or, you know, mainly to me, too. It's like that is so not my personality type that I'm like, OK, that's intriguing. What, you know, who, who does this kind of stuff? And uh, when I brought that up in class, they were like, well, you know, that, that sounds good. But what are the I mean, my, my hesitation actually was was the sound, the lack of sound, too, actually. And especially with like a piece that's your first piece, you know, you want something that has a lot of rich sound to, to help carry the piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, what, what are the noises of, of a guy standing there? And, and that's, you know, the irony of this one was that it just would buck, like, the singing. And, like, I w- did not expect such a loud uh, personality, I suppose. So I, d- I, I definitely um, got, my, got my noise, that's for sure. <laughs> and, uh, and also listening to it, too, I'm like, I, I, it's funny that I went, and I don't know if this because maybe this because it, well, I was so new and I didn't know any better or I didn't even think that it was weird, but going into the bathroom with him, <laughs> it, like listening back on that, I'm like, whoa, like that is uh, like, that is kind of gutsy <laughs> and like kind of cool, you know? And like, maybe just cause I knew that there wasn't going to be a lot of sound in this. So it's like, okay, we got to go someplace that's, that's kind of interesting. And, and I think having him take off his under, like a man basically stripping naked on, on the radio is, is kind of funny. So <laughs> And I remember kind of timidly, like, I mean, he also, um, when he says I'm taking off my underwear, it sounds a lot more, um, I don't know, a lot more scandalous than it, than it is. <laughs> but he just, like, because he had, he had a robe on and he was taking off under his robe. But I, so I just remember kind of like, you know, being in the bathroom with him and like kind of politely turning my head a bit, <laughs> but trying to mic him like closely and stuff. So... Yeah, that was that was definitely fun. Which is funny because you're going to spend the next three hours just like looking at him be naked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. I mean, it, it really is like, and I had never even been to a modeling like a nude modeling session. Um, and uh, but it's very like I don't know. He just doesn't make it a big deal, so you're just like, okay, it's it's not, you know. And I think that's the same with the bathroom thing where he just like did not, he didn't care. Like he's going to be standing there naked for a while. So what, what does he care kind of thing? So mm. it becomes very like, and I, I put in the original script. I I think too. Or maybe it's in there, but it becomes very like, um, it's like being at the doctor's office or something. I don't know. You just eventually like no one, it's not a big deal that you're sitting there naked. So it's not a, not a big deal for anyone. So 
But w I mean, with this one too, just to give a little bit of insight onto the, the process of it, I mean, that was just like, okay, so I had this note of like, all right, nude model or whatever, and, and let's see where this goes. And I reached out to a couple uh, places that offer uh, life drawing classes and to the instructors and said, and I mean, it was kind of weird too, because they didn't want to give out phone numbers because I, I, I guess for kind of privacy and like, if it's some creepy dude looking for naked people. So I just sent an email to them. I'm like, could you just forward this to your list of people? Um, and then, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, hopefully this works and, and a couple obliged. And then eventually I started getting stuff like pouring in, you know, like I, I probably got about a dozen responses. So soon it came down to like making an Excel spreadsheet of people's names or phone numbers. And then I would, I would call them and just, just chat with them briefly. Um, and then make little notes about them, right? You know, like, okay, male model, um, he, you know, he, he thought this was interesting, good talker or bad talker, whatever. And I kind of narrowed it down to uh, Buck and, and this other lady. And then I had Buck's interview uh, scheduled first for one day. And I had this other lady the next day. And I just, as soon as I got back from Buck, I just canceled with the other lady. Because I'm like, this is like, this is, he's just really, really good. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting to, uh, to kind of have that process of kind of vetting people like that for sure. And, and and to be honest, I didn't even know about his singing and stuff, which is to me obviously the most interesting and zaniest part of of the whole thing. I just knew that he was, you know, a good talker and and um, you know sounded sounded good on the phone, and uh, it, it really was a lot of luck that he was just such a character that I happened this whole show tunes thing, which I think makes the piece funny and weird, right? Um, that I really stumbled upon. So I mean, I mean. I'd like to think that it was some sort of instinct that, that told me that this guy's a really cool character in a good interview, but I honestly think it was just like, I, I certainly got lucky on this one for sure. I think that in some ways it, it's instructive for me too, because I don't necessarily go and do a mass call out for, for subjects that way, but it, it's, it's not a bad way to do it, to just to do a bit of vetting beforehand and not just waste time interviewing people who aren't really appropriate. Mm -hmm. And and the vetting, I mean, the pre-interview can be as simple as just just get them on the phone and like, do you want to talk to them more? You know, usually you can tell within the first couple kind of go like you know lines or whatever that they're just like they use weird phrases or really you know um, have that have that kind of element that makes you want to talk to them, right? But it's I mean, what's nice about this piece too is that I actually like you're down there at this workshop and you're just super keen and you have like all you you don't have another job you just do this so it's just like you know, you have the time to make like an Excel spreadsheet of naked models on Cape Cod and, and phone them <laughs> systematically. So. so can I ask about the singing? Did he, yeah. did he just burst into song at one point or were you talking about his methods and then did you ask him to sing? Yeah, certainly. I actually got him. So I went and did this, this interview with him where I got the majority of that tape where I sat down at his place and, and talked to him for about an hour or whatever. Uh, and then I came back to the class and it's like the next you know, the next day they're like, okay, like everyone, you know, cue up a bit of tape that you got and play it for the class. So I played it for him and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is pretty cool. This is pretty funny. And I got him to, after we chatted that day, I got him to play some of those tracks because he also in his basement, this was left out, he has basically a whole wall of show tunes, like from, so he'll have like Annie, but then he'll also have Annie in Japanese and Annie in French. And like just this whole wall of, of, of CDs. Um, so I got him to play me some stuff and I recorded them off of his stereo. And I thought I was like very clever for doing that. And then when we got, and when I, when I played the tape, Rob Rosenthal, the instructor was like, well, you got to get him to sing that stuff. Like we got to hear it from his own voice. And it's funny to think that 
the tape. I don't know. It's funny that the finished piece made you think that he just broke out in song, which would be quite quite funny. Um, but rather, I got him to the day that we met up. So we we were already scheduled to go, um, you know, with him to a class, and I got him to just sit in his car, and I sat right beside him, and he belted these things out. And I think I had my my recorder on like you know on the very like low setting, <laughs> because he was just like going to town, and uh, yeah. <laughs> He was like warning me, like, don't put that mic so close to me. I'm going to sing really loud. I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'll turn down the recorder or whatever. So, yeah, he was that was actually like, you know, considering he was like in the, you know, let me mic him taking off his his underwear. He was very um, he was very nervous. Uh, Like when I was listening to that tape, I was like almost like kind of like blushing because he was very like nervous about about singing uh, in the car. I think he felt felt very self-conscious, but he he sounds great, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Rob Rosenthal put you on to that idea of, uh, going back and getting him to sing that. That's interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I think without that, I don't know, it's, it's nice to have that, uh, kind of other person or even, you know, it didn't have to be Rob. It could have been anyone that you play tape to and be like, oh, well, you got to go do this, you know? And it just seems so clear to them. Whereas to you, you, you didn't really, it didn't click. Right. And, and I think that makes the piece awesome, right. To hear it from him. Yeah. I think a lot of independent producers out there who would be listening to this show might be kind of envious of that experience and not necessarily have access to people who can provide that critical listening. Um, I sure I sure would uh, like to have more of that, too. Yeah, no, certainly. And I mean, and, and I guess the point I'm trying to say is, too, that it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it certainly helps to have someone who knows what they're doing and is, is a great teacher like Rob, for sure. But, um, you know, that 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 second lesson can be from a friend, can be from, you know, it, even now when I do pieces, I'm always I'm always bouncing drafts and stuff off of off of people. You know, if I see someone on Gchat, I'm like, hey, you got a second to listen to this <laughs> or, you know, you got a second to like look at this script, you know. So I think what you can do is if you don't have, a, you know, an expert or a, a really great teacher or something, you can at least kind of do a bit of crowdsourcing and like use the numbers to your advantage where if you if you if you like run a, a script by a few friends and they all kind of say like okay I think it needs this or this part isn't great you can kind of like oh, okay like you know two people said that this part isn't great that probably means it's not working so you can kind of like use the numbers instead I guess hmm. so, so in a way you just kind of have to put your ego aside and, and just be open to hearing that other perspective on it well, there's always, you know, there's always a couple things that you probably are like att- super attached to and that you want to fight for in a story, you know. Um, and I've heard p- producers say this before, too, where, you know, where, when you're working with an editor, always kind of pick a couple things. You know, there's always a couple pieces of tape that just really stand out to you and that, that just like kind of pick a couple things that you want to fight for and really pick those. And then the rest, you know the rest might be able to go by the wayside kind of thing. So, and, and, and ultimately, when you're making a piece for yourself, you can go with what you want at the end of the day. You know, you can ask people for input, but then you just, you go with what you want, right? Are there examples from uh, from the Buck story of things that you fought for and things that you had to let go? I can't remember anything specific on this that I had to fight for, but there were certainly things that, real tangents in this story that that I liked, that I that I cut out that that were in the original draft, such as he's also a um, he also does sampling at grocery stores. So like he'll be the guy that when you go to um, the grocery store, he will have a little sample of, you know, the latest granola bar or whatever. And he was so great about telling it that he calls it theater of the aisles. <laughs> Tita? 
<laughs> and he's like, you know, he, he thought of himself like the music man, like where you're trying to get people to come and, and try stuff. So I actually went to a grocery store and mic'd him and got some really, you know, kind of quirky tape of him talking to customers and trying to get them to come try this this uh i think it was like a frozen meal or something and you know that's just such great tape and he's such a it's it's just so funny and weird that i wanted a way in there but it's like okay you have a four minute piece this is a weird tangent that's not going to work going to the grocery store and then coming back um so, so you know there's these little asides and that that i really loved and wanted to get in there but what what helped me cut those is that i i produced those i edited those into little short you know 30 second or one minute pieces and I think they they aired on uh, as little sonic IDs there, but they're all up on SoundCloud and stuff, and I put them up on PRX. So it's like, what's nice is that you can kind of give a second life to those. And if you think of those, if, if you don't think they'll just be on the cutting room floor forever, it, it makes it easier to uh, to cut them and be like, okay, I'll just do something else with this later. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. So uh, Transom is in, it's Woods Hole, is that right? Yeah, Massachusetts? that's right. Are the people right. of that town just totally used to crazy radio nerds coming in from all over the place and sticking microphones in their faces? Like, are they different from people everywhere else? We were only the second round there. Uh, we were only in the second semester when I went there. So maybe they hadn't quite gotten used to us. We actually, there was a time where we got security guard kicked us out of a mall when we were doing a Vox Pop. So I'm sure they were started to get, started to draw the ire of the locals. I don't know. Um, and then and then the next semester, I was listening, for whatever reason, I was listening to WCAI online, and then Jay Allison was, uh, was like, hosting. And he's, like, he was just sending off from the show. He's, like, okay, everyone, have a good weekend. And remember, the Transform Story Workshop starts this weekend, so if you see anyone around with microphones, be nice to them. And that was the first time that I realized, like, oh, yeah, we're probably pretty annoying to these people around. So I, I think they're used to just um, twice a year having uh, various curious people come through. But I think what's nice, too, though, is that, like, What's nice is that you're affiliated with the radio station. So, like, when I called people up, like, instead of trying to explain that I'm with Transom, I just say, like, hey, I'm doing work for WCAI, or I'm working out of WCAI for a couple months. I'm looking for stories. And I think these stories, like, they're in good hands, you know? So I think what's nice is that I think anyone who, who obliged to, to help out with this comes away with a really cool story. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that for everyone who gets annoyed, there's, there's also a reputation of, like, oh, if they come and talk to you, you'll have a really cool story made about you, you know? So... Mm -hmm. And they, air, they actually air on the radio. Like, there's a place for them to be. So it's not like you're just, um, it's, it's not like you're just making some story that's going to end up um, played in class and, and, and ranked or, or um, graded and then, and then tossed aside kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I always thought that about <clears throat> Woods Hole that here you have a bunch of people coming in and looking for stories every period of time. And even in a small place, you can still find all these stories that there are oh yeah for sure th there's stories everywhere yeah, you have no clue exactly and i mean you're draw you're really dropped in the middle of there i mean i did a bit of research on on craigslist beforehand but it's like you're dropped in the middle of this place it's a tiny place like the bank closes in the winter you know that's how that's how small this place is and um you know th <laughs> that you that you actually end up finding something and that that 12 or you know eight or nine people every you know twice a year can find something that's different and unique and cool it kind of is like when you go back to your town, when you go back to your big city, it's like, okay, well, what's your excuse now? You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> about this particular piece, Buck, um, what do you like least about it and what do you like most about it? Um, what I like most is just um, Buck. 
I, I don't know. He just, I, I don't know. I think anyone could make a story with him and, and make it really good. Um, and, and I think listening back, I think the part in the bathroom, I don't know why, but just it's, it's such a funny part. What I like least about it is, um, I, I want to, and it's funny that you mentioned the voicing, but I, for some reason, it's just that to me always, and maybe it's just because you're always self-conscious of that stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it's like, um, you know, I'm hearing places where I could have given better. And, and the tough part about voicing is that like, you know, it's not right, but you don't really know how to make it better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where I'm just like, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I really hit that right. But then I'm like, okay, what would I do if I re-recorded that? I don't really know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, so that's, that's a frustrating part for sure with, with that. Yeah. It's, it's nice hearing it back because it's, it's, you don't have to, you, you no longer hear the sweat when it, that it went into it because it's been so long ago and you've kind of forgotten about it and you can kind of just, yeah, you, you don't really think about all the tape that got cut and all the little tough cuts you had to make and stuff. You can just enjoy it a little bit more. So, um, Anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, I'm sure you guys will give a shout out to the, the Transform Story Workshop. But um, yeah, I went, I went in the spring of 2012 and... Um, yeah, it was it was a really great experience. If anything, just to kind of get you um, pumped and out into the world. It's kind of one of those things where you, um, you know, in like uh, kind of Disney movies and they're usually like sports related movies like Angels in the Outfield and stuff where it's kind of the climactic scene and the protagonist learns that um, really they didn't have special powers. It was like within them the whole time kind of thing. Um, it was It's kind of similar to that where it's like at the end of it, you're kind of like, wow, like I, you know, I can go and do this, you know, or, or you look back and there's your parents have let go of the bike and you've been biking by yourself for the last block or something like that. It's kind of like not to get over dramatic and sentimental, but it's a, a little bit like that where it's like what you come away with it is like, oh, my goodness, I was a radio producer this whole time. And I don't have to have, you know, Jay Allison's permission to go do a story on someone, you know, so if anything, you come away with um, some momentum and some uh, confidence, I think, from it for sure. So, And a few good and, pieces. And also, I th- yeah, exactly. And, and I think going back to, um, you know, finding your voice and stuff like that, I mean, now, you know, on, st- on stories that I do now, it's like if you looked at the first, and I think it's like this for all, the, all producers, and I think you kind of learn that, is that their first draft is, is regardless of who you are, I think, you know, maybe I'm just telling myself to f- make myself feel better, but I think everyone's first draft is just way off the mark and really embarrassing <laughs> and so doesn't sound like you, you know, on a script. And, and I think what you really need, and, and for me, like with some of my pieces, I, and, and again, you said you need the ego to let go of stuff. Like I am more than happy to, to crowdsource a lot of stuff. And I think a lot of people do that, whether you're working with an editor at a show and they're helping you, um, uh, hone your story or your work or what I do a lot of the times, even before, even if I'm working on a show with an editor, I'll, I'll give multiple drafts to my friends so that I come to an editor with, with a, 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 a better, more honed product. And a lot of the times, a, a lot of the edits that people make, I'm like, yes, that's perfect. I would not have thought of that. And I'm, I am more than happy to take those, you know? And by the end of it, it's just like, by the end of it, I'm kind of just like, did I really? Like, I, I feel bad for taking the credit for this because, you know, I don't get people to write broad, you know, swatch, swashes of it or swatches or broad parts of it. Um, you know, I put it in my own voice and stuff like that. But by the end of it, it's like, really, it's been through this kind of machine of, of various eyeballs on it to vet it and um, and to hone it. So it's it's really, I don't know, it's it's not a lot. Towards, at the end of it, it's it's not... 
really a lot that I did. I didn't just sit in a room, type this thing out, record it, and, and that was it. You, you kind of learn to learn that it, it's not, you're not failing if you, if you do a lot of drafts and get a lot of eyeballs on it and kind of resign yourself to that. Hmm. That's good to hear because I actually, yeah, I do struggle sometimes having to re-record my, like my whole narration like five times kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and I, I think even honed, you know, professionals and stuff will tell you like the importance of having a good editor, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that be uh, someone that you work with at a show or, uh, or a couple friends. That's great. Well, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. And uh, it, was, it was nice to hear Buck naked too. <laughs> he had yes it's nice to hear buck with clothes on as well too and that's his name really his name is buck really yes i forget his, his full name but uh mm -hmm. yeah he's a character actually i followed up with him because he emailed me to say that he uh heard himself on siri like on xm radio or something so it must have been on public radio remix and i'm like oh what are you up to and he's like i'm working at a hotel for dogs I'm like, of course <laughs> you're doing that <laughs> <laughs> like, of course you're doing something that's zany and you probably sing to them or something like, that. I don't know, right? <laughs> but I think he could, whatever he does, it just, it, and I think that just really just speaks to like finding a person who is, who speaks well and is interesting. And that is really like, you know, that can get you pretty far and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thanks, Andrew. This was really fun. Uh, we really enjoyed your piece and, and also your insight. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks guys. It was, it was, uh, it was awesome chatting with you. Cool. Let's do it again. That's it for this episode of Sound Sausage. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Andrew Norton for sharing his piece. Sound Sausage is a project of the Canadian Sound and Story Workshop. Find us online at soundstory.ca and on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please review us and subscribe on iTunes. Want to have your piece featured on our podcast? Drop us an email. The address is sausage at soundstory.ca. Until next time, keep grinding out those stories.